Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. Amen. Great. Thanks, Alan, very much. Fantastic words. In uh, just a moment, Claire's going to uh, lead our thoughts and our thinking. Just before we get to there, uh, a couple of questions from me. The first question is uh, this. After last Sunday, uh, raise your hand if you can think of something tangibly different that you actually stepped into and did as a result of last Sunday morning. Just raise your hand. Great. Two or three of you. Fantastic. Uh, it's a little awkward for the rest of us, I know, but let's stick with it. And uh, 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 thinking about that tangible thing, just raise your hand if you had a go at the orphan and heir uh, list. Nobody did that? One person? Uh, raise your hand if you had a go at the Father's meditation, the 50 scriptures on the Father heart of God. One, two, a few of us had a go at, uh, at that. Okay, we, we value this moment, don't we, as being super important in our tradition. And it's only a value as we take what God is saying to us in these moments and, and plow it into uh, our lives. And uh, we want to really encourage all of us as we journey through this prayer simple series, to take some of the truths and to try and plow them very deliberately into our lives. And and to do that, we're going to step up the gear again this morning and uh, hopefully give you even more ways, opportunities, ideas, uh, resources to take hold of the Word of God. The Word of God is only useful to us as much as we take hold of it and plow it into uh, our lives. So either the preaching is rubbish, which could be one thing, or, or the, oh, I, we haven't done it yet. That's, that's not very affirming, is it? Be more encouraged, Claire. Either the preaching week by week is, is not what it could be, and that's the truth. We can always be better at the craft. Or there's a responsibility on all of us, myself, Claire, all of us included, to take what we sense God is saying and to plow it into our lives. That If we don't sow any seed, we're not going to bear any fruit. Amen? And it's our collective responsibility uh, to sow uh, the seed. So to help us, um, we've produced a, a little sheet for this morning. Let's, uh, Dan, can you help me get, get those, uh, get those around everybody? You, you might want a pen, you might want to do it on your smartphone, uh, or somewhere, but we'll get these off to you. And, uh, Claire, why don't you, why don't you lead out from here, Claire? Okay. Oh, hello. Good morning. You're awake now. Uh, my name's Claire, uh, part of the team here, and I get the privilege of finishing all of uh, our prayer simple series up together. And it's been an interesting one, just a short sermon series for us. Uh, we're going to move into something new from the next week. But we just felt it was good after the Daniel fast to pause and think about our prayer lives. Uh, I've just spotted something. I'm really sorry. We've got a new baby in the house. 
The Rileys are here, everyone. Well done for making it, guys. Congratulations and welcome Esther to the church building for the first time. It's lovely to her. Second time. Oh, she was here last week. Man, I wasn't here last week. You're explaining it to me. We're going to think about prayer. And I've given you a sheet with some questions on. Don't try and answer them backwards because that won't help you. Um, We're going to start at the top of them. And and you might not find writing things down useful, but I do. You might find writing it on your smartphone a lot more useful because I do. Uh, But these are hopefully going to help us think about the prayer adventure that God has for us this year. Last summer, I read a book, um, and at the time, I wasn't really sure why I was reading it, but since then, it has been one I've gone back to again and again. It's called A Year of Living Prayerfully. And basically, this guy and his wife decided that their prayer life was not great and that they didn't really understand what a good prayer life looked like. So they packed their bags, and they spent a year traveling around the world just to go and hang out with loads of people who were good at praying. People who uh, were excited about prayer, people who um, were praying in very different traditions. Uh, He sees everybody from the Pope through to Pete Gregg, uh, literally hundreds of people uh, who he wanted to learn from. And right at the end of the book, he says this, I've come to realize that prayer is the main dish and everything else is gravy. I like food. It was a helpful analogy for me. I'm convinced that prayer can change everything. We must never take prayer lightly. Every prayer has the potential to change the course of history. Every choice changes the future. Every prayer echoes for eternity. Through his journey, he met loads of different Christians from very different traditions, some of which we would find comfortable, others we perhaps wouldn't. But there was a beautiful moment in the book where he talked to a Greek Orthodox monk. They're on an island, um, and this uh, guy, Father Philolupius, anyway, I want, uh, wrote this. I wanted to know God. I wanted to experience God. Prayer is the lifeblood of existence. Prayer is oxygen. It's more necessary than breathing. Prayer is how I know God. Paul, in that passage that we just read, uh, said something really, really similar. It's a very short little bit. Rejoice in the Lord always. Not rejoice because of what the Lord has done. Not rejoice because something good's happened to you and your circumstances are encouraging rejoicing. Rejoice in the Lord. Revel in the Lord. Enjoy the Lord. Make sure you have fun in his presence. Enjoy celebration with him, his very presence in the Lord. Not because things are good on the outside, not because life is all sorted. Rejoice in the Lord. You see, prayer is enjoying God and his very presence. And Simon has talked so well about that in the last couple of weeks. If you haven't listened to them, do go on, uh, listen to the podcasts. Prayer is enjoying the very presence of God. Prayer is entering into his courts and enjoying hanging out with our Father who loves us so much. So the question I've got as we come into the last one is, how can I go on a prayer adventure this year? 
Fortunately, unlike Jared Brock and his wife, we don't have to pack our bags and travel around the world, however inviting that does sound at points. I'd be quite up for it if anyone wants to pay. But we can have a prayer adventure here in our own lives, in our own ways, in Ipswich. Are you up for it? Okay, good. Let's have a look and see how we can do that. How can I have a prayer adventure, not just today, but in to this year. And I've got some really practical things. There's not going to be anything here that you'll go, wow, Claire, you should write a thesis on it. They're really practical. And perhaps you might already be doing all of these already, in which case, can I have a coffee? Because I'd love to learn from you. But there are just a few things that as I was preparing that I thought about that would help us all in one way or another really lean into this posture of prayer that would really help us move from a list kind of prayer into a relationship kind of prayer. What does it mean for us this year to revel in God? And the first thing that uh, I really felt God was talking to me about is having regular invitations in our day. The Jewish culture of the Old Testament shaped their devotional life around daily invitations for God to be present. The days were shaped, the seasons were shaped, the years were shaped in a way that meant the whole of the community practiced that invitation to God to come and be involved in their lives. Jewish communities today still try and pattern their way around this. Monastic movements came out of this idea as well. They built themselves around regular rhythms, daily moments of invitation, of pausing and welcoming God's presence into their lives. There came a problem though, and I think it could be a problem for us all today, that the invitations actually just became another to-do list. I must do my Bible study before eight o'clock in the morning, otherwise God will not bless my day. The to-do lists were never an invitation. Today, we're talking about regular little invitations. I've been uh, listening, as I know quite a few of us in uh, the church have, to uh, John Mark Comer talking on his podcast called Fight, Hurry, End, Hustle. And uh, if you've got some time, they're about half an hour each, there's 10 of them, uh, I would really, really encourage you to get hold of them and have a listen uh, wherever you are over the next week. And he describes regular routines, daily invitations in a way that I could understand. He used 10-pin bowling as an analogy. Has everyone been 10-pin bowling? Okay, if not, we're not doing very good at church because that's like as good as pizza and quiche, isn't it? 10-pin bowling. He says that learning to live a life where we invite God in regularly to our day is like putting bumpers down the edge of a 10-pin bowling alley. The goal is to have the most wonderful times with God in prayer, in petition, in just enjoying being in our Father's presence. But actually, if we try and do that without regular things, regular invitations, rhythms in our lives, it's like shooting a bowling ball and they just often go right down into the gutters. Because actually, we're trying just to do it on our own, in our own strength, in our own way. We're not really sure how to do it. 
I, I remember saying to Sam, he was now seven, but he might have been about four at the time, would you like to pray at bedtime? And he said, what does that mean, mummy? And, you know, he needed to see what prayer was and learn how to pray at bedtime together. Regular invitations to invite God in are like putting bumpers down the side of the bowling alley that keep our goal focused, that stop uh, our prayer life from becoming a just another um, kind of to-do list. Oh, tick, I've done that today. Excellent. Me and God are good. I think uh, Paul talks about it really well in 1 Thessalonians 5. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. What does it look like to pray continually? We can only pray continually when we learn how to pray well. Putting those bumpers down the side of uh, the bowling alley help us all learn how to pray continually. Some of you would have heard of um, Brother Lawrence. He was a, a monk in charge of catering in Paris, France during the 1600s. And he wrote a short book, uh, which is worth a read, but not an easy one, called Practicing the Presence of God. And it still remains one of the most kind of important, I guess, teachings on prayer today because it's so simple and yet so profound. He reminds us that prayer is about making invitations uh, to allow God to speak. And he said this. Hopefully it will come up. There we go. Is it not quicker and easier just to do our common business wholly for the love of God? What he meant by that was when he was in the kitchen every single day, he used to invite God into the every single moment. He says this, man and women invent means and methods of coming at God's love. They learn rules and set up devices to remind them of that love. And it seems like a world of trouble to bring oneself into the consciousness of God's presence. Yet, it really is so simple. Is it not quicker and easier just to do our common business wholly for the love of God? Devotions are only a mean to attend to the end. So when we are in the existence of the presence of God, he will return his love to us. What's he saying? He's saying that in the everyday, the mundane of his work, he was inviting God in at every single moment. So the first question I had on your sheets, what simple things can I do to invite God's presence into my day. I put a little post on Instagram uh, just as I was writing this and invited other people to um, comment upon this. A few people got in touch with me, which is exciting. One of which was uh, a young lady who's now in her 30s, used to come here, now lives in Spain. And she wrote to me and says, "Uh, I've been learning to do this with three small children in the house. And for me, it's about making sure I start the day coloring in my Bible. I read a verse and I draw something that's connected to that. It's a little invitation at the beginning of the day to invite God in. Another friend who uh, did form a couple of years ago uh, in Sheffield got in touch and she said, this might sound silly, but you can tell everybody because it will make it feel more normal. When I'm cooking every day, I ask God which spices to put into the food. 
She said, we've interestingly had a few good meals and a few very strange ones. But she says it's a moment of pausing and inviting God regularly into her life. I tentatively share a few, how, uh, a few things that I found um, that just help me pause and make little moments of becoming aware of God's presence. So every morning, and I am not a morning person, as I lay there coming around, I, I, I purposely and consciously become aware of God's presence. I begin the day saying, okay, God, I'm not quite awake yet, but I know you're here. I've started uh, using an app that uh, I'll talk about a little bit more later that helps me on the way to work. Often I'm walking here. It's just 10-minute reflection that gets me aware of God's presence first thing in the morning. I always pause at lunchtime, 12 o'clock, to say the Lord's Prayer. At bedtime with the kids, we share prayers together. It's another pause of inviting uh, God in. And for years and years and years, um, as I am cleaning my teeth, I have prayed for my non-Christian friends. I remember going with the young people years ago uh, and giving them all a toothbrush. I had to go to Asra and buy 55 toothbrushes. They looked at me like I was mad. Uh, And giving them all a toothbrush and just saying, as you're cleaning your teeth every day, why don't we pause and invite God into the lives of our non-Christian friends? It's an invitation just to recenter myself, to find myself Uh, in God's presence for in our everyday. That's what we need to do. So you've been quiet for a while. Hopefully you like the person next to you. I'd like you to share one invitation that you can give to God every day. One thing that you do already or that you would like to do. There's just a moment of helping you engage with the presence of God just in the everyday. I'm not talking about big, crazy, life-changing things. I'm talking about the everyday invitation. Share one thing. Make sure the other person gets to share something. And then maybe just write some things down underneath uh, that question. What simple thing can I do to invite God's presence into my day? You've got a couple of minutes. Go for it. Another minute. So if the other person hasn't shared, perhaps give them a moment. Okay, why don't we uh, hear a few just to encourage people. I'm going to ask Dan to uh, you run around with that. Younger than me, you can do it faster. Why don't a few of us share something? Oh, you've all gone quiet now. Come on. Chris, over there. It's something that I have done, and I really must go back to it. When I find myself walking to my shop, which takes about 10 minutes, um, I started praying for the streets mm. that I was walking Fair. along and the, and the people in the houses. Brilliant. But if I don't do that, I do sometimes stand and look out my bedroom window, mm. not because I'm just nosy, but I just like to see. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good excuse. And, yeah, and actually pray for the people that are, are in the close that I, I live at. So, so a pause out, in the day. It's a lovely. And, pause yeah. and look out the window. Mm. Lovely. Brilliant. Someone else. So I, I'm one of those annoying morning people, so mm. I can wake up and immediately hit my day. So the first thing I do, which I know you and I are very different, but the first <laughs> thing I do on waking is I go out of bed and I kneel to pray. Nothing that's special about kneeling, but it's an act of submission that's saying, 
first and foremost, this is God's day. Mm. I want him to shape me. And then for me, it's that little mantra of Bible before phone. So before I look at my diary and everything I have to do, it's about saying this is God's day. Mm. Let him ordain me and and tell me who my identity is, not everything else first. So those two little things really just help my day to start right. Brilliant. Lovely invitation. I, I don't kneel. I'm flat. Prostate before the Lord. I could join you. <laughs> 6 a.m. Brilliant. Anyone else? Just one more. That'd be lovely. Oh, Margaret. I used to wake up every morning singing a song to God. But um, it doesn't happen quite so much now. It, it, it does occasionally. But I would love that to happen yeah. every morning again. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, we instigated um, over the Daniel Foster uh, song of the morning just before we're all rushing out to go to our various places. We'll put a song on. Uh, and it just, it's amazing how that pause in the day just makes us all go in a kind of different place. Um, we've had some strange ones because I let the children choose sometimes. The Muppets. God can use anything. But uh, anyway, okay. I'd love for you just to pause for a moment, get your piece of paper out. What simple thing can I continue to do if you're already doing it? Or what new thing could I begin to do that helps me invite God's presence into my day? Okay. Richard uh, Foster wrote The Celebration of Discipline, which is known as one of the books um, on prayer and fasting that, that is a textbook, perhaps, for our time on these things. And he writes this, It was liberating to me to understand that prayer involved a learning process. I am set free to question, to experiment, even to fail, because I knew I was learning. Now, Richard Foster, for me when I was growing up, I remember reading his book in my late teens, and he became one of the heroes of prayer for me. I was like, wow, I'd love to spend an hour with him. But he talks about being a learner, about a process. The passage we had from Philippians talked about how we haven't achieved our goal yet, but we're all work in progress. We are all learning. And so for us to have a prayer adventure this year, we need to learn. We need to learn what it means to pray. The disciples uttered those words to Jesus, teach us to pray. But they got the Lord's prayer back, which was amazing and wonderful, But it came in the context of having seen Jesus live that prayer and pray that prayer in many different ways. They got to hang out with Jesus. It was a ready-made prayer course. He uh, taught them everything that they needed to know. But even they fell asleep during a crucial prayer meeting. Philippians 3.17, we just read it now, says, Join together in following my examples. Brothers and sisters, just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. Who are the people in your life who you know could inspire you about prayer? Who could you learn from this year? Now, some of those people might be remote, i.e. you don't know them very well. Um, So, you know, there are a number of people, Richard Foster, Pete Gregg, who I've read their books, I've enjoyed uh, listening to what they've said, and they've taught me an awful lot about prayer 
how to, what the uh, teaching is around it, what the Bible has to say about it. But thankfully, there are also some people in my life who uh, I get to see daily or weekly who are encouraging me to keep learning around this prayer. Maybe I might even kneel in the mornings rather than lie prostrate. Kerry Harris, you can next week. What could you learn this year about prayer and who could help you learn that? And another question, who can you help learn to pray? You see, I've learned things and I'm going to pass them on, sorry. I'm hoping you will do the same. We're all learners, but also we're all able to share what we've learned with others. So how can we keep learning this year? And what should we learn to do? Well, remembering all we've learned about in the last couple of weeks, we need to move from the to-do list into the relationship kind of prayer, the being with our Father and learning from him. But I've got a whole list of things just that I'm going to offer to you now that you might want to have a little investigate into. Um, These are things that are either going on presently or that you could begin to do at home. There are hundreds of others. And why not over coffee? Uh, Let's just share those. Uh, Maybe we'll we'll get the whiteboard out and you can put things up that are useful resources for you or useful ways for you to pray. But here are a few that have helped me keep learning over the last year. Uh, In the hub, and I know Gather and other missional communities are looking at this as well, we've been using the prayer course uh, by the 24-7 guys. I've put the website on there. It's completely free, and there are so many resources on there about how to pray, what prayer looks like, uh, all kinds of things. Jump on that website and have a look. There are teaching videos. There are all kinds of things. Even better, find a few friends to do it with or do it amongst your community like we have been. We're about halfway through and I have to say it's been an utter blessing to us all. This is something I've started doing. This is my learning for the year. Uh, I'm learning to pray in this way. I'm taking three three moments in my day, three regular invitations to God. The first one's in the morning and I'm asking God to tell me who he is. God, who are you? Often he leads me to a psalm, often he leads me to some truth, um, uh, or sometimes someone says something to me and I think, oh, that's a reminder of who God is. And then around lunchtime, I move the question, God, today, tell me who I am. What's the truth about me today? And then as the evening draws in, I'm asking God to tell me what to do for the following day. What is tomorrow's plan, Lord, as I come to the end of today? What are you asking of me tomorrow? Might be helpful. Uh, That's my learning. You can ask me how I'm getting on with that. I would love to be kept accountable. Some of us are kinetic prayers, like to move. I can see you already because you're wiggling. But being active in your prayer life, walking to the shops and praying as you go, is so, so helpful. And uh, some of you might find being at the gym is a good time to pray. That's not me, just saying. But some of us might find that really useful. Uh, Some of you might need to be outside by the sea walking along uh, somewhere. Just a, a good way of being a kinetic prayer. This is one that I am learning, using silence. 
I'm not good at silence. I'm good at silence for about three minutes and 20 seconds, and then I find it really dull. Um, so using silence, practicing the presence of God with no words, allowing his presence to meet us. And as I said, I've been using this little app. You can get it on all good app stores, uh, and you can listen to it online as well at that web page there, Lectio Deo. And basically, it's a few minutes of a psalm just helping you recenter into God's presence. You pause. And then there's a little bit of a Bible passage with just a very small amount of teaching. This isn't Bible expedition. This isn't your Bible study for the day. This is just helping you experience and focus on the presence of God. And then there's some led prayer on there. Ten minutes max. Uh, It's a great way for me to walk to work and just center myself on God. 6 a.m. prayer. Still going on uh, after the Daniel fast. So still meeting uh, IIC every single day at 6 a.m. Have you been yet? If not, give it a shot. It really is worth the effort. It really is a significant time of prayer. Prayer walking. Uh, thank you, Chris, for that. Uh, we pray walk a lot with the interns around here on a Monday, and uh, it's a really helpful way of practicing praying for a location. It's a type of intercessory prayers. Andrew led us brilliantly on one way of doing intercession, but prayer walking is another way of us literally taking God into our neighborhood step by step. Uh, And collectively, we're going to stretch into that more this year. So do watch out for opportunities uh, for us to do that together. But one that is already running, and Sarah Richardson's been doing this for a number of years, is she prayer walks once a month on a Friday around our local high schools. So if you would like to join her, she would love some traveling journeyers uh, to pray for the education establishments, the youth and the teachers and that kind of thing. So do see her. The next one's coming up in a couple of weeks' time. Some of you are really good at praying creatively. I'm not sure if this is something I'm going to learn or not. (laughs) But if you want to learn to crochet and do that in a godly way, see Poppy. If you want to learn to do art and use that as a way of connecting with God, see Angie. We've got some gifts to us in this church who can help us in that. Uh, If you want to learn to uh, do any of that well, don't see me. Just saying. There are so many ways that we can keep learning to pray. There are hundreds of different things. I'm sure together we could come up with a massive list, a hundred things to try uh, on this prayer adventure. But the important thing is that we all have an attitude to keep learning. And to keep learning sometimes means that we get things wrong and that it doesn't work. Confession time. For years and years, I tried to journal because I thought it would be really good for me. I had notebooks and things. And some of you journal so well, and I've seen some of your notebooks. It's brilliant. For me, I'm useless at it. And a few years ago, God said, Claire, just quit. Why are you doing this to yourself and to me? He literally said it like that, honestly. And I went, oh, okay, all right. And I got my phone out and I started a little notebook on my phone and I wrote things down. And do you know what? Oh, liberation, freedom, grace. I didn't have to have a really pretty notebook anymore. I like notebooks, but they're not pretty on the inside because I just scribble and write on it. But it was for me just that liberation. I've tried it. It doesn't work for me. I'm going to learn to do this in a different way. Perhaps there is something today that you are uh, needing to hear God say, just quit, okay? This doesn't work for you or for me. Let's find a new way. 
So a couple of questions on there for you uh, to think about. And I'm going to give you just a minute to think about them on your own. What new thing will you try this year? Or what thing that you used to do that was really good for you that you've stopped are you going to try and go back to to learn how to do? And who are you going to learn from this year? As I said, we've got some gifts in this church. Who perhaps could you hang out with a little bit and they could teach you something about prayer? Okay, we're coming uh, into land. Just one more um, encouragement point. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11. So encourage each other and build each other up, just as you are already doing. Brilliant. I need people who encourage me and who ask me tricky questions along this adventure. We often start strong, don't we? We tail off, though, quite quickly. Our passion or our commitment soon gets clouded out by other things. Maybe I'm just talking about myself. Okay, I am. The Bible encourages us to be cheerleaders, running mates on the adventures that God has for each of us. If we're going to end strong, if we're going to keep learning, if we're going to accept that not everything works for us, we need to move on to new things. If we're going to encourage each other to have the goal of enjoying and rejoicing in the Lord and his presence, then we are going to need a few people alongside us who are going to cheer us along. Who are you accountable to? And who do you need to encourage? And a question, what should we ask each other? Well, I've put two questions on your sheet. And I wonder whether you would be willing to find one other person who's going to ask you those questions. The first one, is my prayer life inviting the presence of God into my life daily? Well, that's a big question. But you've already shared with the person next to you one thing that you find useful as a pause. Perhaps that person could ask you how you've done next week with that. And there's something interesting about that, because if you know someone else is going to ask you, it's quite a good motivator, isn't it? Yeah? Is it just me? (laughs) If I know that Kerry's going to ask me next week, did I get out of bed and kneel? Do you know what? That's quite a motivator. We'll find out. Well, she's laughing. The second question, am I in a regular rhythm of prayer? Well, again, are the bumpers in place? If someone's going to ask me that question again, it's a motivator. Uh, If it becomes a guilt-ridden thing, then please stop asking the questions and say no more. But if it becomes an encouragement to you, then may I suggest you find someone else who's going to do that. So just another pause for a second. Who are you going to bravely ask over coffee or send a text message to today to say, do you know what? Would you encourage me on this prayer adventure? Would you support me? Would you ask me these difficult questions uh, into this year? Just a pause. What's the aim of prayer? Right back in the beginning of time, when God created Adam and Eve, we learned that he was walking in the garden. He was walking with Adam and Eve. There was nothing between them. It was a perfect, intimate, beautiful relationship. What would that look like? Can you smell it? Can you glimpse it? Can you feel it? To be walking with God in a beautiful garden, going on a daily adventure, your walk with God. That is what prayer is. 
It's an invitation for us to walk with God, for him to be uh, so close that we experience his presence in our every single day. This year, I am saying yes to learning more about prayer. Are you going to join me in that journey? Are we going to together and on our own learn how to walk closer with God? Simon's going to come and lead us as we come to an end. And and the question is, is, will I say yes to the adventure of prayer this year? Is that what I'm going to say to you? Thinking about all we've learned, thinking about all we've done. Uh, Just lead us. Great, let's just be quiet for a moment, shall we? And uh, we've had, the, <clears throat> we've had the, the pauses as Claire's gone through. I don't know about you, this morning was super helpful. It was super helpful in just reminding me of things that perhaps I know are true and important, but easily can slip by the wayside. And it was super helpful in just re- reminding and highlighting of perhaps some new things or some other Areas to lean into as we seek to journey forward, to walk with God. There's that lovely picture, isn't there, that Claire left us with of of Adam and Eve walking with God in the cool of the day. All your needs fulfilled. All your securities resolved. All your insecurities healed. All your anxieties held. Walking with God in the cool of the day. It's the most amazing invitation you and I could ever have been given. And so we choose in the quietness of our hearts to RSVP, to reply, to respond, to say thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for giving each one of us different pathways upon which to walk out our response to this invitation. Thank you that I don't have to pray like the person next to me, but I can learn to pray in the way that you've made me. And so we release a fresh spirit of prayer across our whole church community. We pray even this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, that we will, in, at all times and all places, there will be a, a posture of prayer in our walking, in our exercising, in our working, in our sitting, in our reading, in our playing. That we'll be leaning in to the God who walks with us in the cool of the day. We love you. We love you. And perhaps no better or no greater inspiration is simply to become captivated again by a God who loves us so much that he would give his own son to offer this invitation. A God who would hold nothing back in reaching out to us. And so we gladly choose to take hold with both hands and our hearts, and our voices, and our lives. To be overwhelmed each day by the amazing grace that comes to us, that loves us, that changes us, that invites us and draws us all the way home.